A little extra before we start today's episode. Sophie is offering two for one tickets on her show. Please use the code word BAGEL. It's the Persistent and Nasty podcast at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2023 series. The episodes will be released at various different times, so make sure that you have subscribed so you get notified when a new episode has dropped. We have some amazing guests coming up for you and I know that you won't want to miss them. They will be everything from circus performers to theatre makers to singers to spoken word poets and we can't wait to share all of them with you. Remember, if you are taking part in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe or you are just going for a visit, remember your rain jacket, your comfy shoes and a pair of shorts because you never know the weather that you're going to get in Edinburgh. But what you are guaranteed is some incredible pieces of theatre. Enjoy the episode and remember... Stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast Edinburgh Festival Fringe Series 2023. Elaine here, I hope that you're all doing really well, looking after yourselves, being kind to yourself and each other and again if you are at the festival that you're taking care of yourself, this lurgy that is going about seems to be pretty bad so please make sure you've got yourself some paracetamol, lots of fluids, grab yourself some echinacea get the drops um they taste not the best but trust me they do definitely help today louise and i chat with sophie zucker writer comedian actor and we talk about sophie's show sophie sucks face a musical comedy which is on right now until the 28th of august at underbelly bristol square at 10 15 pm or quarter past 10 whichever one of those that you fancy All the details for Sophie Sucks Face are in the show notes of today's episode. We have a really great chat. We talk about uh, Sophie's work as a writer in writing rooms for both Dickinson and for The Daily Show. We talk about being a performer. We talk about the inspiration for the show as well. Another really great episode. And all of us had a little bit of the lurgy um, in today's episode, so... Uh, bear with the coughs and the sneezes and all of that um, I'm feeling much better um, lose not so much so give her all your love and um, I'm hoping Sophie is feeling much better and I'm going to be seeing the show this weekend so I'm really looking forward to it you can support all the work we do here at Persistent and Nasty by becoming a Persistent Pal or a Nasty Hero or if you can't afford a monthly payment or you can always donate the price of a cup of coffee And if you can't afford to do that right now, which we completely understand, times are tough, we are in a cost of living crisis and um, we are so grateful to everybody who donates to us. You make such a huge, huge difference to us Uh, and to our initiative and to everybody that that supports. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But if you can't afford to do that right now, you can help in many other ways. And one of those ways is liking, downloading, subscribing, reviewing the podcasts, sharing about us on all social medias and telling your pals about us. All of that makes such a huge difference. You can follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at persistent and nasty had a brain melt there and facebook persistent and nasty check out the website www.persistentandnasty.co.uk you can also find all the blogs written 
by some incredible bombers at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. You can also send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com and you can follow Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram and I am at Elaine.stirrit on Instagram and threads and at Elaine Stirrit on Twitter. For today's episode, ooh, because it's late night, I don't know, something smoky, maybe a whiskey. I don't even drink whiskey. Um, a spirit of some kind feels about right. Or um, maybe a brand of your favourite soda <laughs> eh, or fizzy juice or ginger as we call it in Scotland. Or, you know, something warm. Maybe you're going to go for some sort of spiced uh, drink. Um, or you can always just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Sophie, welcome to the Persistent and Nasty podcast. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, even more excited that it's like 11am on a Wednesday morning, actual hump day in the <laughs> middle of the festival um, of kind of week two and nobody's had a day off yet. So we really, really appreciate you coming and chatting with us. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. <laughs> so for our listeners, Sophie, tell us about you. Tell us the potted history. How did you end up a at the Edinburgh Festival of French 2023? The question <laughs> I ask myself. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're night. asking. Yeah. <laughs> you can go back as far as you want. Right. Well, um, I guess, you know, I'm a I'm a comedian. Um, I am based in New York. Um, and I think the way that I ended up at the Fringe was basically I was working, um, lucky enough to be working in TV and film for a few years. I was like writing on shows and acting on shows. Um, and then I sort of, I was writing and acting on the show Dickinson on Apple TV for a bunch of years. And when it ended, I sort of was thinking about everything that I had learned from the that process and then uh wanting to apply it to something that was just for me that was like not anyone else's vision but just a show for me and so i started writing my hour of uh it was supposed to be an hour of stand-up and it sort of turned into this like narrative one woman musical about a girl who um falls in love with her cousin uh and the show is called sophie sucks face and then I sort of had this dream once I put it up that I was like, maybe I'll take it to the fringe, the largest theater festival in the world. And I had seen a lot of comics from America take their shows to the fringe and have a really good time. So I was like, let me work towards that. And I did the show for a year and a half in New York and LA to get it uh, really tight. And then we, you know, submitted and now we're here. Amazing. Um, have you always, has comedy always been something for you? Like, were you one of those kids that was writing and performing um, and tap dance? The yeah, I was always like into the arts, I would say. Like I did a lot of musical theater <laughs> when I was younger and I loved to write, but I didn't really get into comedy until college. Um, so when I was like 18, I sort of auditioned for an improv group um, at my college and got on and then I loved it so much and then I like at 20 years old took some time off of college and left to go try and do comedy in uh, Chicago which is like a great comedy city in America and I loved that so much that I was like okay I think I want to do this forever um, so I was always sort of like circling like I, I love to perform I love to write but I wasn't sure like how 
to tie the two together. And once I started doing comedy, I was like, oh, this is how you tie the two together. And also I've realized that I've just like wanted laughs the whole time. I was like, I've always been playing for laughs. So, yeah. I think that it's probably really resonates with loads of performers and um, because we all have that. We love getting the laughs, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Feed that ego of ours. (laughs) Yeah, it was like even in high school, like with my friends, like we would just be goofing around, especially when we were like, partying or whatever and drinking and I would like always be like trying to like do impressions or trying to make them laugh but it was like so so like before I ever even knew that like comedian was a viable career you know yeah um, and you mentioned you touched on musical theater and obviously you use music in your show mm-hmm. um and that I'm, I'm assuming is like a real thing you want to kind of push more or is it just that you feel really comfortable with that Yeah, I, well, so I was, uh, I played piano for a long time when I was younger. And so I've like, I know how to write songs and, and sing songs. And I think I've always felt like, well, if I have this tool in my arsenal, like why not use it? Um, and so obviously this show is like a musical, but when I, when I perform on my own, sometimes it's just like talking or stand up or characters. And sometimes there's a little music. So I'm not like, I don't like pigeonhole myself as like just a musical comedian. Cause I like to have the range. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think for my own stuff, like when I'm writing just for me, it's a, uh, it's a good tool to have. And um, I noticed that you, uh... Um, when you talk about writing, you obviously write for yourself, and um, I presume when you talked about doing comedy in Chicago and, and stuff, that involved some stand-up as well, maybe? Um, mm-hmm. Is that what you were, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but uh, when reading about you, I noticed that you write on a lot of shows, and I'm just interested and curious about you as a performer, what it feels like, that the differences between the stand-up and presenting your own show and writing for someone else, because, you know, there's that, we do love the laugh, the instant gratification of getting the laugh when you're performing your own stuff is, is really intoxicating but um yeah I was wondering if you could speak to like writing for other people what that the differences are like yeah so writing for other people I mean it is like it's a pretty different mindset because there's always in a writer's room there in in America we have like these big writer's rooms and there's always like the head writer or the showrunner so your your main goal is like always serving their vision um and you know they hire you so that you bring your own unique style and perspective but it is always about fitting it into the context of the show in some ways it's actually a little easier sometimes than writing for yourself because you always have like directions it's not just like a blank page staring at you you know most of the time and then in terms of the instant gratification well i still perform all the time when i'm writing because <laughs> i need to go out at night and <laughs> and hear people laugh at me for like 3 minutes at an open mic but i will say in the writers room like you can tell when something is working you know you pitch an idea people laugh you get an idea on the show the audience laughs so like there's still there's enough of that um going around uh I'd say for for me to keep the job <laughs> I think it was um who was it what comic was I watching I think it was John Mulaney on Hot Ones actually and mm. he was talking about writing for like writing jokes for like talk shows or whatever it is like um you know late night shows or whether it's a, an actual series and just that kind of like that little thrill of going that one's mine that one yes. 
absolutely. That's exactly because especially the late night talk shows, which is I write for the daily show right now. And, um, that's, that's what that kind of show is. And it's like, there's so many jokes in an episode and yeah, you're just hoping like, Ooh, one of mine gets on. I remember the first week one of mine got on and it was like, it was like the best week of my life. <laughs> it felt awesome. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I would be doing that, but also I'd make it like a drinking game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's a good idea. Yeah. And if I, staff, feeling, yeah. if I was feeling super shitty about myself, I'd be like, okay, every joke that isn't mine we take a drink right <laughs> and then every joke that is mine yay every yeah um, I know I'm the youngest I'm the youngest one on the staff and I feel like I'm always trying to get them to party with me and they're always like we have to go home to our wife and kids but otherwise I would do that too <laughs> you're like, you're like, let's go out let's yeah. go I'm like let's watch how the show and get the, drunk how has <laughs> yeah. that been the youngest um it's fun. I honestly, like, when I say youngest, it's not, it's not by a lot, you know, there's like people who are like around my age, a couple years older than me, a few years older than me. But I almost like it because it like gives me an excuse when I'm like, don't have a good day or a good week. I'm like, I'm just little, I'm just learning, you know, so <laughs> I kind of like being like a, a new, I don't know, new fish I'm the baby I guess. of the group exactly yeah. <laughs> don't be mean to me I'm just a baby <laughs> <laughs> and the writing thing for you Sophie did that uh, come when you started getting more into comedy or has that always been something that you really loved doing as well yeah I always really loved writing but it wasn't um I think it was, it's a weird thing to say, but I think I wasn't like uh, rewarded for it as much as I was performing, like performing. And when you're younger and you're auditioning and you get cast and stuff, you're like, oh, I'm good at this. But writing, it was like, yeah, I was good in my writing classes. And I did like to write for fun for me, but it just felt like it didn't even feel like a skill. It just felt like, oh, this is what I do. And then actually, even in comedy and even like in professional, my like pro professional journey I was getting cast a lot first on tv shows and then the writing career came a little bit after so yeah I don't know if that answers your question <laughs> no actually I think that really does it's a really okay. um really great point and really interesting point that kind of you're doing really well at additions you're doing really well at performing like everybody it's that kind of again instant gratification so yeah yeah, when you're younger, that thing of, it becomes more for you than it is for anybody else. Right. Which totally, make, totally makes sense. I'd love to follow up on the question that Louise was asking just about writing for a show and just the difference for writing for somewhere like The Daily Show and Dickinson. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and obviously all our queer listeners will be loving that you... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dickinson is so good. It's so gay. Um <laughs> There is, uh, which was good for me, um, but there, <laughs> there is a big, there was a big difference. So the Dickinson writers room was small. It was only like five ish people. I think towards the, towards our later seasons, it was a little bit bigger, but it was still pretty small. And it was really like, we were all together all the time, you know, talking through the show and it was we could do totally different things each day so like one day we'd just be talking about emily dickinson and like what she wants for the season and another day maybe we'd spend like half the day figuring out like the order of the episodes and another day we'd just be like all sitting around like talking about like our relationship to like the themes in the show so it was like 
um, very like free form. I mean, obviously being like helmed by our, uh, the creator, Olena Smith, but still like, um, I would say like flexible. And then uh, the daily show, it's 16 of us. It's like a machine. It's like a well-oiled machine because we have to make a new show every single weekday. So it's like super, super structured. And basically there's no, I mean, I appreciate really both of the experiences and on daily show, there's no talk of like <laughs> themes or like personal relationship to the material. You just pitch jokes like all day, you know, you pitch jokes from nine thirty to 11 in person. And then you split off and you write jokes from like 12 to one. And then you um, watch the rehearsal and then you pitch rewrites and then the show gets filmed at like six. So it's, I feel like it's like turned me into like in a good way, like a joke robot, you know, like I just feel like I'm like, I'm so much faster than I used to be at writing. Um, so yeah, two really, really different experiences that I feel like have, uh, when I hopefully get to run my own show one day, I'll like use incorporate like both of those things because I've yeah I've had a good time at both of the rooms that's great I think it will be for people who because it's works slightly different over here writers rooms aren't really kind of how it works over here so it'll right. be really lovely for a lot of our listeners to hear those comparisons yeah um and I think like it's a lovely little segue for us into your writing of your show uh Sophie Sucks Face and talking yeah. about your uh, current show at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe yeah, so my show, um, I wrote it like a year and a half ago. Uh, I was thinking about, I had these two deaths in my family that happened very quickly. And um, the two funerals happened like really close to each other. And it was like a very weird experience because it felt like we did this, my family and I like, you know, we organized this funeral and then we like had to do it all over again, like seven weeks later. And I was like, this is like so redundant. Like we just saw all these people. Um, and so after I had like, you know, <laughs> processed my grief or whatever, I was thinking about that situation. Hold on one second, I kind of have to cough. Please feel free to cough, don't worry. Um, listeners, Edinburgh has a largey and it's given, to every, it's given it to everybody. <laughs> Literally everyone, yeah. Yeah, Louise, Louise was coughing, camera was off. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard good to know. sneeze uh, really loudly. Yeah. So we're all good. Please don't worry about the coughing. That can get edited out. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah, so I was thinking about like how, uh, how interesting that situation was and like what could uh happen at one funeral that would make the second funeral like so much more awkward or something and so i came up with this idea of this girl who kind of like who kisses her cousin and then when she uh and she thinks she's never going to see him again at the first funeral she's like oh that was crazy but i'm never going to see him again thank god and then she does like three weeks later and um yeah. And then I just started writing. And so that's sort of like the premise of the show, but it's actually a lot about like, what does commitment mean and long-term love and growing up and it's a rom-com and it's a musical and it's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> we say 16 plus, but I kind of feel like, I don't know, maybe even a 16 year old shouldn't see it. I'm not totally sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, then I wrote it. We started, um, performing it. It's just me, but I say we, cause I have like a team that works on it with me that produces it. Um, I wrote all the music and the lyrics and I kind of like directed it 
I mean, I didn't have a director. I was just like, I know what I want this to look like. We did it for a year and a half and now we're at the fringe with it. Go, me? Go, go. <laughs> we do that. Honestly, every, every Zoom podcast. Every Zoom. Go, you go. Um, no, I was just wondering if this was your first solo, like hour long solo show of that nature. If this is the first one. Yeah. So interestingly enough, it is my first solo show, but it's not my first musical that I've written. (laughs) Like, I feel like most people do now that you're bringing this up. I'm like, just thinking about this. Like most people will work on like, you know, their hours. And then when they have the one, maybe that's like, they really believe in, they'll be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, bring it, start touring it around or whatever. And for me, I just wrote a bunch of musicals until I felt like I had one that I could tour. Like I wrote a musical about um it was like a puppet musical with eating disorder about eating disorders and i uh wrote it with two other women and um and we did that a little bit in new york when i was like 24 23 and then i wrote a musical for a large cast about a masturbation scandal um at a all-girls high school and that was uh that was the cast was so big that i couldn't get them to rehearse so we just did like two readings of it like two workshops of it And so then finally, I was like, I want to write another musical and I want to write for someone that I know can rehearse it on my hours. And so I was like, I think I need to write it for just myself. (laughs) But yeah. So we're a weekend to the festival and I'd love to know what the audience reaction is and if you are finding kind of any differences between uh american audience and then a much more international audience being at the festival and what's landing and maybe what isn't landing and also my neighbor has just decided to start a hoovering uh, of the stairs sorry <laughs> i can't hear i can't hear okay it, cool. so. <laughs> i was like oh alan no not now <laughs> um yeah so i think the main thing that i've noticed is that the audiences here really appreciate the theatricality of it. Like sometimes when I'm doing it in New York, especially in Brooklyn, I feel like it should feel more like a stand-up special and less like a full musical or, you know, play. But here I feel like uh, the, the more I lean into like really like actor Sophie and not like stand-up Sophie, it's received really well. I will say the audiences, they've been great. Like I thought I was going to be playing to like two people, four people, you know, for the first week, because that's what I'd heard. But we like haven't dipped below 40 in a 60 seater audience. So it's been insane. I don't know who's buying the tickets. I don't know how it's happening. I mean, like we're flyering, but like, I don't know. So that's been like it's also the really queers. amazing. It's the queers. Uh, yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the girls and the gays. It's as the girls and the gays. They saw yeah. Dickinson, they're like, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is funny because the show itself is like actually kind of straight. But, you know, maybe you can just tell when you watch it <laughs> that I'm like a full-blown bisexual. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then I think it's interesting. It's not like I assumed like there were some cultural things like cult, like American cultural references that wouldn't land here, but they actually do. Like there's a lot of like Jewish stuff, but they, um, yeah, they, I don't know. It's still like people seem to really understand it. And then it's just like, I couldn't even tell you, like there are just different points where people laugh, like for no rhyme or reason, like every night, 
people in the in Scotland laugh at these jokes that like never got as big laughs. It's like it's like I don't know sociologically or anthropologically maybe it's very interesting to me because it's not it's not something I can pinpoint in terms of like oh this is your upbringing this is what you understand it's like more like broad like just like the vibe. Um, I do make a joke about Zoe Deschanel on New Girl and like the uh, sort of like. A, assumptions that come with like when you watch like a white millennial woman play ukulele and that doesn't hit as hard here because I think I feel like the ukulele is like more cringe in America than it is here <laughs> for some reason I feel like people are like oh no the ukulele is like a nice instrument it's a nice piece of music and I'm like okay that's fine I won't make fun of it as much anymore <laughs> I don't know, Louise, can you answer that? I wonder if it's just because we're so bloody used to ukuleles at this festival. Mm. They're like, yeah, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, ukuleles, they go hand in hand. What's your beef? Right, like, I think right. <laughs> that could very well be it. I have like this whole stand-up set where I'm like about to play the ukulele and I like feel like I have to make like all these caveats about like how I'm not really a ukulele girl. But I tried doing it on a show and it like didn't hit that well. And maybe it's because they're like, yeah, you're doing the fringe. Like, obviously you play the ukulele. Yeah, <laughs> but I only right. play four chords. I only play four chords on it. I really don't know how to play it that well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is probably it. I did laugh though when you just said the thing about Zoe Deschanel and Millennial get with yeah. the ukulele. <laughs> I, I am that audience member so um tell Good. uh tell you listeners what they can expect when they come to see sophie sucks face um yeah you can expect it's also a great tongue twister if you're slightly tired as well. <laughs> Good. um you can expect a raunchy hour hour and nine minutes of um musical comedy about a girl who falls in love with her cousin uh it is fu mostly funny and a little bit sad and you will leave wondering what parts of it are true and what parts of it are not. Um, there's dancing, there's costume changes, there's uh, sort of jokes that make you go like, oh my God, is she allowed to say that? Um, and yeah, that's what I think. And it's late, it's late at night, it's 10, 15, which I think is a good slot for it. Cause it's like, kind of like, feels like a late night, edgy party musical nice nice I think as well like you said at the beginning it was coming out of uh grief and mm -hmm. how we use comedy uh to help us process stuff mm -hmm. and we've had quite a few people mention that and I think it's just a really um international thing it's like how yeah. and do you do you feel that as well does that translate and work for you I think like big any big experiences I have or big emotions will always be the start of like a new project for me. Like it can never just be, oh, a fun hook. I have to have like emotional access to it. Um, and so I think that's where it started. But I will say this show is not that much about grief. It's more about love. And it's about like the, the part um, that's inspired by like, these two people who died together very quickly, it's more about how they died together because they were in love. And so that's like sort of, cause I, it's my grandparents who died, which like is very sad, but it's also like, I, it's an experience that a lot of people have, you know, I felt like I didn't really have that something original to say about that experience besides that, like their marriage was like so strong and so long and 
like the fact that they died together, even though like one of them was sick and one of them like wasn't at all and was much younger than the other. I was like, oh, these these people like they are intertwined, you know, and it's more like ex um, exploring that and like what it means to be so intertwined with someone. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous and real and human and truthful. And then you shag your cousin. And exactly. It has it all. It has something for everyone. <laughs> it's got, and I do really love that. Like, how does that then impact, like, when you, like, you go to a funeral the next time and something's mm -hmm. happened? And I, because I'm sure there are people who have been at funerals where maybe they didn't mm -hmm. snog their cousin, but something else happened. And it's like, well, how do you deal with that at the next yes. one? And I think that's so, again, really universal and easy. For, like, everybody's going to click really well with it I think yeah like, I think people find it relatable and I will say the way that it affects my character is not in the ways that you would expect so <laughs> that's like excellent. a fun twist too yeah excellent excellent and uh, also I love that you're doing so well with numbers which is amazing um and just well done you and um but but for everybody listening just don't worry if you're not at those numbers <laughs> yet it yeah. will happen but like the fringe is a funny it's a funny beast so don't panic if you're yes. if you're not quite there it will come it will and absolutely. i've been panicking about other things that other, so it's like it's all you know <laughs> exactly it's all just one big month of panic exactly with joy in and out of that yeah. up and down in total thrill um sophie if you could sum up uh sophie sucks face in five words what would those five words be okay i would say jewish <laughs> horny um campy heartwarming and smart <laughs> am i allowed to say that about my own work yeah 100 absolutely and yeah. sold so a reminder for everybody that um sophie sucks face is on uh underbelly at bristol square at a uh, 10 15 p.m quarter past 10 whichever one you want to pick um are you having any days off Sophie I have one day off next week the 14th 14th you're not doing yeah. Monday okay yeah so uh on every day until the 28th except the 14th all details for Sophie sucks face will be in the show notes of today's episode and I'm going to hand over to Louise to ask our final question Yes, indeed. So our, the name of our little initiative, Persistent and Nasty, is a combination of two words that were in the cultural zeitgeist not too long ago. Elizabeth Warren, nevertheless, she persisted in the whole nasty woman moment. Mm -hmm. So we took them, jammed them together in a sort of tongue-in-cheek reclamation kind of vibe. Um, but we like to ask our guests, when they see that, when we get in touch, when you see Persistent and Nasty written down, attached to what we do, what does it make you think? What does Persistent and Nasty mean to you? I mean, it made me think of Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren because I'm American and that's what <laughs> those, uh... no, I think, um, I think nasty is like such a fun word to reclaim because it's like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I hear about it a lot in like hip hop and R&B and it's like, it's so fun to be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm a nasty bitch. Like I am not a nice girl and like you still have to respect me. That's what I like about it. Excellent, I love that. 
amazing no thank you very much I know thank you so much for coming and chatting with us Sophie especially um when all of us have got a bit of the Lord game <laughs> and um you know you had a late show last night and you're up quite early this morning I really really appreciate it I'm I'm going back to bed after this so no Excellent. worries <laughs> Good. please sleep for as long as possible get all the sleep thank you so much again and until next time lovely listeners stay, stay nasty, nasty.